0: Hi, welcome to Siblinghood of Recovery. All right, welcome to episode five. Today I'm going to talk about a lot of things and um, this one is really close to my heart because I know the data, I know the statistics. And most of all, my son has repeatedly said, Mom, you know, the work that you're doing, it's really impactful because the statistics of a successful recovery is directly related to the parents and if they're doing the work. And I remember the first time that I heard him say that, I was kind of like, I was still in that process of, yeah, yeah okay, what next, what next? Because you you find out that your child has an SUD, a substance use disorder, right? But uh, he did say, mom, you know, I can't thank you enough for doing the work as well. Now, as I'm, I'm relaying this story to you, it's so important to know that when you're in recovery, there is a big chance of, you know, there's almost like an elephant in the room. And the elephant is named relapse. And one of the things that you have to do is you have to get that out of the room as quickly as possible and pretty much say to your child, look, the focus isn't on relapse. The focus is on today. I remember I was down visiting my son and, um, I was talking to the, the CEO of of where he's at. And he looked at me and said, you know, All these questions you're asking, this is why we focus on the 24-hour unit. I, I had to chuckle because, yeah, I mean, it can get overwhelming. And if you're listening to this, there's a reason you're listening to it. And that overwhelming feeling that you have, it's so natural. It is exactly what you should be feeling if you're wanting to start the journey of recovery. But remember, in the back of your mind... Give yourself that constant reminder of one day at a time, that 24 hour unit, and uh, it, it becomes a little less daunting. Mm-hmm. So, going back to the focus of this podcast, I want to first define fellowship. Now, uh, fellowship, if you go to Merriam Webster, right, it's a community of interest, it's a community of experience, activity, and feeling. What is the importance of fellowship? There are numerous recovery organizations and facilities, therapeutic boarding schools that really stress that breaking through the isolation of where the child is at, where the family is at, is of utmost importance. This is where I kind of get a little bit passionate and I have to back away from it, but when I... (laughs) When I first started on this journey, I realized quickly that my child's problem wasn't my child's problem. It was a family problem. And what do I mean by family problem? I knew in my mind, having never read anything, having never been to a 12-step program meeting, that all of us were contributing to the SUD. All of us had an impact of what was going on with my one child. All of us didn't quite understand the behavior that we were doing each and every day, how that was adding up, how that was contributing, how that was creating an environment that was unhealthy. Now, I had no knowledge. I had no education, no experience within a therapeutic boarding school, within a 12-step program. Within an addiction treatment center, I had zero, zero experience at that. So even though at a gut level, I knew that this was a family challenge, I couldn't describe it. I couldn't define it. So I knew that I had to get educated. I knew that I had to start researching. I knew that I had to start absorbing as much information as possible on substance use, abuse, challenges, everything on SUDs. I didn't even know what SUDs were at the time. So, um, yeah, it wasn't just my kid's problem. It was my family's opportunity to start a recovery journey. I would never have described it at that time as that opportunity, but I did know it was a family situation. So how does fellowship relate to the fact that your child's recovery is going to be your family's recovery? If you're invested in it, if you really want to see some positive results, how does fellowship tie into that? The fellowship that you get as a parent is going to be different than the fellowship that your child gets in the recovery process. It is so important that when you look at the licensed therapist that you are talking to or the licensed therapeutic boarding school team that you're engaged with. It is really important that they have a structure that includes support for the parent figures within that child's life. There's going to be a lot of focus on your child's SUD, your child's recovery. Your child will be the priority, absolutely, 100% as that is the way it should be, right? And I don't usually use should because that's a shoulda, coulda, woulda, don't shoulda over me. But the additional support, the additional fellowship that you're going to get with parents who are also involved in the recovery process, who may be just entering it with you, and also those who have been through the recovery process with their children is vital. You start to realize that there's a reason for numerous levels of engagement when you're talking to people in recovery and how many years they've been in recovery and how those people support the fellowship afterwards. In my day job, I work in logistics and um, the primary people that we serve are military members. The veteran community is so incredibly vast. And it's so intricate in its ability and its focus and its dedication to serving. And um, in recovery as well, the term veteran is used. And it can mean different things, right? But it, most of all, it means a veteran who has been through a, a, a point of time with their child or family member, and the family member may be relapsing, going into recovery, recovering, having successes and all this stuff, right? And what that recovery structure, including veterans, including those who reach their hand out for those parents just joining the community of recovery, what they've done is they've created fellowship. And, um, what I'd like to do is, is I want to kind of stop with this concept a little bit and let, and, and focus on some data. The first article I want to cite from is, on pediatrics.org. It's the official journal of the American Academy of Pediatrics. The authors are Sarah M. Bagley, Alicia Ventura, Karen Lasser, and Fred Munch. I apologize if I mispronounced it. But this is published on a Pediatrics Journal. I'll provide the link in January of 2021. The researchers describe the family involvement, a quote-unquote, underutilized resource. So the article goes on and it talks about two methodologies of approach. One is craft community reinforcement and family training. The second type of therapy approach draws from craft. And what it does is it it goes into motivational interviewing, acceptance, and commitment therapy. And this uses acceptance, mindfulness, and behavior change to address unpleasant feelings. And it also increases psychological flexibility. I want to pause and talk about this a little bit. This goes back to the aces. It goes back to shame. It goes back to understanding what's happening in the family environment. At a community level, when you are challenged with SUDs within the family, there is immediately a restructuring of the whole environment. I will share my experiences. Um, I had an officer of the local sheriff's office come to the door. And this happens when your kid is involved with people who are abusing substances. And how does that change the environment? What happens is a shift in the community. It's that house, that family. And a lot of us will go into isolation. We will feel ashamed. We will feel like, okay, you know, this can't happen again. So let me just lay down the law as you navigate this new Reality, the most important thing to do is take a step back and, and start reading, start self-educating. That's really hard to do. You're overwhelmed. Again, I'll just speak for myself. I was overwhelmed. I was like, what is happening? I don't know what's going on. I didn't plan for this. You know what? Let me just, you know, instruct the guidelines and the rules and reemphasize that. And if they're broken, then There's a consequence, you know, basic discipline, right? And unfortunately, what does provide a challenge is if you co-parent and you're not on the same page, that does create a family impact. About one and a half years into the disruption and the chaos beginning, I felt treatment was needed. I felt some type of engagement with a professional was needed. I could not get that as a family directive. I'm just going to leave it at that. And uh, ironically, my higher power was on my side because the time that treatment was finally engaged, it was exactly the time that it needed to be. Could I have done it sooner? Oh, yeah, definitely. But I hadn't learned all that I needed to learn about SUDs. In the article that I'm citing, and again, I will provide links in the show notes, The newer approach, which stems from the CRAFT approach, it provides coaching to parents. It educates parents about addiction. And it also provides the ability for the parents to access treatment. I I mean, I didn't know how, where, who do I go to, and promote the well-being of the family within that access of treatment. It is a new world that you're going to enter into I have made connections with other parents that I will probably keep until I die. There is a camaraderie of understanding in the frame of licensed therapists, especially in the frame of therapeutic boarding schools. And when you reach out and start joining 12-step programs, when you walk into the door, and I said this before, but now with all this information, I hope there's more clarity to it. But when you walk into the door in a room with several people who are participating in SUD recovery, just imagine if each person in that room had five contacts within the recovery community. And just say you're at a small meeting where there's only five people. You potentially have 15 resources to help you. And I really want that to rest. You potentially have 15 resources to help you after you walk through those doors. I'd also like to cite some information from the Recovery Research Institute. I have zero affiliation with them. They are based up in, I believe, Boston, Massachusetts. Excellent, excellent site. I'm going to provide it in the show notes. There is a plethora of information. And it ties into this kind of concept of fellowship. There's also a double-edged sword to fellowship, as we know, in that the community that you hang out with can also be the community that is influencing negative behavior. You know, if the kid's hanging out with other kids that aren't doing great things, they're doing bad stuff, the kid's going to be bad. (laughs) Your kid's friends matter, right? Right. And, and that's the same in this instance. It is so integral for at least one parent, one core family member to be involved in the recovery process. So there's a specific article on the website, Is There a Social Cure? Family and Friends Matter for Recovery Capital. I won't go into the entire article, but the information captures survey data from participants who were in recovery There are a couple of links. One is Life and Recovery Survey. It's in the article. And the other link is Strengths and Barriers Recovery Scale. The survey had 44 items and it goes into how the engagement of the social structure and the family can really improve the recovery process. In this article, there is a concept that's mentioned called recovery capital. and this Can mean many different things. It includes the finances that are available for recovery. It includes the support resources, the members of the family that are available to support the recovery. It also includes community resources. It's a very wide and encompassing description of who, what, where, how that recovery is going to happen. In the article, there's also mention of an organization called faces and voices of recovery. I'm going to put the link to their website in my show notes, and it's a much similar concept of what I've been talking about and more information for you of an advocate act and advance structure, very detailed, very robust information on this site. I highly recommend that you go there. The biggest part of this organization and so many others that are available out there is they have been where you are right now. If you're just finding out that your child has an SUD, take advantage of the structure of these organizations. Take advantage of the people that are there who want to serve, who offer access, who offer resources, articles, Zoom meetings, everything. Take advantage of it. Another concept that's mentioned in this article is LIR, life in recovery. And this is a wonderful way to bring up the subject with your physician or with your licensed therapist, because it is a concept that has been studied. There is research behind it, and there are resources behind supporting an individual to have a life in recovery. There is also new focus on recovery within higher education institutions. I learned recently that there are well-known colleges that are supporting the concepts of dorms designated for life and recovery students. All right. The journey of recovery, it is a lifetime journey. It doesn't stop because somebody is all of a sudden doing really well. Your family doesn't go away and your recovery journey doesn't go away. It will be with you for the rest of your life. And even though you might not realize it right now, listening to this podcast, the journey of recovery could be one of the greatest blessings you will ever experience. Have faith in yourself, have faith in your child, and know you're never alone in this. Remember, check out my website, www.siblinghoodofrecovery.com. Check out the Get Help tab. Always look for a licensed therapist with experience in addiction recovery and try to find a 12-step program near you. That's it for now. This is Angie Reno. Be good to yourself.